for checking out my new podcast, The Geek Roundtable. My name's Kenny, and I've been podcasting since 2008 and have had several successful podcasts over the years, but all my previous podcasts have been focused on one topic. For example, Knights of the Guild was all about the web series The Guild, and my MASH 4077 podcast is based on a classic TV series. But what I've always wanted to do is have a general geek podcast, as I'm a pretty well-rounded geek. I mean... I love Star Wars as much as I love Star Trek. I adore Harry Potter, and Lord of the Rings is the best. Can't get enough Firefly and Buffy. And I pretty much love all things science fiction and fantasy. So this podcast was well overdue. Each episode will focus on one geeky topic, as four to five of my friends come over to my place, and we just hang out in my living room and chat. Sometimes we just discuss the topic. Sometimes there's some friendly debates. But everyone has a passion for the topic, as we are all diehard geeks. So I hope you enjoy episode one of the Geek Roundtable. All right, it's time for our main topic uh, for this podcast. We're going to be discussing Star Wars A New Hope, or I like to call it just Star Wars because that's what it was when I was a kid. Uh, And joining me for this discussion, I have John. Hello. Jenny. Hello. Pooja. Hi. And Rob. Hi. So let's go ahead and just start. When did you first see Star Wars A New Hope? John? Uh... When I first personally or saw first it, memory would have it. been um, early '80s. I, I want to say just after um, Empire came out, my dad got the uh, the VHS. Okay, so you didn't never saw it in the theater. You just well, saw I was born in '77. Oh. Uh, okay. In fact, my my dad and my brother went to see it while my mother was still in the hospital from having me. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so it's pretty ingrained as part of my family. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I was I saw it when I was about four. Um, and then uh, I believe Empire was still in the theater at that point. So we went and saw that as well cool. right after. I was pretty young when I saw it. Yeah. Jenny? Um, I must have been pretty young maybe seven or eight, and I think I didn't watch them until they were all out. Okay, so you didn't and see then, them in the theater either. No, I never saw them, the, the originals in the theater. Yeah. And my parents got all three of them, and we, like, marathoned them. Nice. Nice. Because couldn't get enough. <laughs> I was like, yeah, where's more? Give me more. <laughs> How about you, Pooja? I first saw them all on television. Um, okay. I was not old enough or born enough to originally see them in the theater. However, when they remastered them, yeah. I was probably in middle or high school when that came out. I don't remember exactly. Um, but leading up to yeah. you know, the anniversaries and stuff, I made sure to see them all in the theater then. Cool. Alright, Rob? Uh, I uh, also did not see it in the... Th- oh, yeah. baby's here. I know. I saw it uh, at home. <laughs> VHS, uh, not that young. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, and um, it was probably 1995 or 1996. 
Um, a friend of mine was obsessed, had like a Darth Vader piggy bank, like <laughs> everything. And uh, she's like, you need to see this movie. And so my parents were like, oh yeah, that's a good movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they uh, we watched all of them. Oh, and, uh, cool. Yeah. yeah, for me, I, I'm the old one here, so I actually saw it in the movie theater. I saw it in drive-in. I saw it 16 oh, times. Awesome. Uh, my dad, luckily my dad loved it. So he always took uh, yeah. my, the family to drive-ins. Uh, my first memory is with Vader walking through the blast doors um, on the, was it Tanta 4? Tanta 4? That's the first memory, and that's when I instantly fell in love with the show. And that was in 77. Mm-hmm. I was uh, mm-hmm. I was still six years old then because my birthday's in September, so it came up before that. Uh, but I was, May, I think, right? Yeah, I was the I mean, May twenty fifth. I was the ideal. <laughs> I was the ideal age, I think, for mm-hmm. for that movie because it just it was it was amazing. Um, Interestingly, I actually did get to see the original cut in the theater, uh, but it was in the early nineties. The uh, there was a, a theater. In, in the theater district of Boston called the Wang Center, they did ballets there and stuff as well. They ran a marathon of the original release. I mean, obviously the uh, special editions weren't mm-hmm. out yet, so they they did a day of four, five, and six that my dad and I went to. Um, so we were able to see it, and I think there was somebody there from from it as well, and I can't think of who it was off the top of my head. Um, the following year, they did the Indi- Indiana Jones trilogy. Oh, cool! Um, and Solo was there, uh, oh, Jarvis wow. Davies, which cool. was cool. And yeah. so we did a talk. But there was somebody doing a talk. I, for some reason, I want to say Peter Mayhew, but I don't think it was. I think I actually met him at the ten-year convention instead. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing for me. I mean, that was the most memorable experience of seeing it because it was the first time that I had seen yeah. A New Hope yeah. on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, for me, it wasn't called New Hope. I mean, right. when the scroll went, it was not, it was just Star Wars. That's what yeah. it was. It wasn't even episode four. It wasn't, no. Right. There was no episode, there was nothing but Star Wars. Uh, unfortunately, you can't see that print anymore. Nope. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean... I didn't even know that that was how it was released. Yeah. I, I guess I always assumed it was, that it... Was released as no, not until Empire Strikes Mm-mm. Back came out. Then they we. we I don't think originally back. they were planning on making more no. than one. No, that was it because he it was, was lucky such to get the a, one. Why yeah, he, it was well, such a yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a huge was a deal mess. just to get it made. <laughs> right. But he, I mean, also, he, you know, pardon the term, but he blew his wad then with blowing up the Death Star. And he said if he knew that he was going to have three movies, he would have never blown up the Death Star in mm-hmm. one. Right. That's why he, they blew it up again in three because that was the. You know how the story was supposed to play out. So that's so funny because if you think about it, like it's part of what makes it's at least to me, it's part of what makes a new hope so interesting and exciting. It would have been it is yeah. this complete, you know, and yeah. quote unquote, it is a complete story. Yes, right, it is, and mm-hmm. it's and it's one thing I think when I look back at those first four movies, what's so interesting to me about how the story plays out in them, whereas. Um, in modern movies, you see a lot of the trilogy sensibility in how they're like kind of meeting out the story. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. So it's interesting because most of you guys are really young. Uh, mm-hmm. That's to, nice to hear. In <laughs> to me, that makes me feel good. Thank you. <laughs> so, but but when I saw Star Wars, it was the first type of movie I'd ever seen like that, and I mean, it truly made me who I am. 
mm-hmm. made me fall in love with science fiction and fantasy, and it's because of that. But now you guys have seen it at various stages after it's been out on tape. Other movies had come out, Tron and Last Starfighter. Did you mm-hmm. have this? Did it have the same effect on you when you first saw it, Jenny? Yeah, for me it did, um, because I, I, I don't think by choice I watched those type of movies when I was young. Okay. Um, I know, I know the first movie I saw in the theater was Snow White, because of my mom, and it was like a re-release, because mm-hmm. obviously that came out yeah long <laughs> before I was born. Long before I was born. But like <laughs> uh, when I, my mom always says when I was little, I gravitated towards more like fantasy, mm-hmm. and so, um, yeah, I, my experience was like. Yeah. Probably some more similar to yours, oh, cool. where it was like, what is open, this? Your whole world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you were lucky enough to be able to see the next one right after. Yeah. We will. See, I had to I wait years. On them. And back in the day when there was no internet, you had no idea that they were making it. Yeah. So we had no Yeah, we idea did it over happening. three nights. Yeah. So we watched the first one, and then they'd be like, okay, and tomorrow we get to watch. <laughs> it was like, yay! It was like the best three days ever. That was awesome. Oh, that and awesome. we watched yeah. it all together, like at home. With a big, yeah. That's cool. It I was, can't imagine doing, like, as a family yeah. kind of yeah. event. It seems like it would be really cool. It For is. Me, uh, we're doing know. that with my son, big time. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm already planning I'm the only it. person in my family who's into science fiction and fantasy, mm. and I always have been. Yeah. I started, like, super young and all of that. With, but my introduction to the genre wasn't through, like, Last Starfighter and stuff like that, but it was through, the like, those old cartoons. So you have, like, Flight of Dragons or mm. The Last Unicorn and oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. And oh, then that so led good. me to, like... It's possible that that led me to the Ewok movie first. Oh. I and watched then, the Ewok I movie a million times. I was obsessed with that <laughs> movie like, as a kid. But then you watch, and then Star Wars, like, it was part of that whole package that was, like, I think really formative to me because it was still the first, it was still one of the first ones I saw. Yeah. That it was, like, that was actually with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but once again, like, it was just on, it would come on the movie channels or it would come on cable. Yeah. And I would see it that way. I mean, to this day, my sister hasn't seen Star Wars. That's so weird. It's weird. I know there are people Bizarre. out there, but this seems very bizarre that, when yeah. you hear people that <laughs> had not seen it yet. But it's such a, it's so ingrained in the pop culture. I know, that's yeah. what I, I mean, said. And she's like, eh. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I know people that don't see it specifically for that reason. No, really? They, just Oh, yeah. What? Because it's a badge of pride that culture? not that they're anti-pop culture, but it especially now there is such an incredible amount of saturation of Star Wars in yeah. the ethos mm-hmm. that people that haven't seen the original trilogy yeah. eschew it because they don't want to be drawn into that. All right, so do you want to explain uh, experience seeing it for the first time? As seeing it so later, you know, later in time. Well, not so late. Wow. I'm not. I'm not as young as some of the other. I'm not as old as you are, but. Oh man! Uh, when nice. we get some, like Kenny's, like wise old man. I would say, yeah, it, it definitely had a very significant impact on me. Um, the thing about Star Wars, the first movie, is it. There were other things that came past that you mentioned Tron and and Last Starfighter. The thing with those is you weren't; they were based in our reality, right? Mm-hmm. They they took place within. It was somebody in, yeah, From early Earth. '80s Earth that yeah. then <laughs> was transported in some way. Whereas 
Like Beastmaster 3. <laughs> True. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but the, with Star Wars, it was, an, it was another world. And it was mm-hmm. also, it had all of those different elements that elevated it. It yeah. had... Well, it had somebody reigning in George Lucas, so thankfully we did have the Death Star <laughs> to get this right at the end of the first movie. Uh, but it had one of the greatest composers, the film mm-hmm. composers, composing the score. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. That is one of the most memorable themes, some of the most memorable themes in, in music. Um, it had uh, Macquarie's direct, um, uh, image mm-hmm. and designs, and which just brought everything to another level it had um the the most cutting edge special effects Mm -hmm. uh that led to i mean it changed the industry Mm -hmm. yeah that movie changed the way other films were made following it yes so there's even today i would expect well i can even say a friend of mine was a part of those group of people that have Mm -hmm. never seen it and I was with her when she saw it, uh, I want to say now, this is probably eight, nine years ago, and it changed, I mean, she's an enormous Star Wars fan now, it changed her life as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's 20 years, 25 years after the After fact. it came out. Yeah. My nephews haven't seen any of them, and yet they know everything. Yes. Because they're waiting till they're a little bit older, because they're three and five now, yeah. mm-hmm. but right. they're like... You ask them who Darth Vader is, they are they know. Yeah. Like Well, hopefully they don't know everything. They don't know. <laughs> and they also think there are rainbow stormtroopers. So there you there go. You go. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be feel enormously betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, where are my rainbow stormtroopers? I feel like that would be something I would hype up and be like really disappointed that it wasn't there. <laughs> like that scene from the trailer that's not actually in the movie. That's it just ruins the whole thing for you. No rainbow stormtroopers. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I'll keep you posted. Yes. Yes. I feel like it's one of the the things that I love the most about Star Wars is that, especially in New Hope is that introduction to new worlds and that sense of wonder that it has about them or Mm -hmm. that it brought about in me. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first time you see Tatooine, I think is when I fell in love with it. Yeah. (laughs) It was this idea of a whole new world, not to get all Disney on everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But it it awakes that sense of of things being outside of your own experience Mm -hmm. that I feel like is timeless. It's not something that's so played up in the movies that you feel like it's trite now. Yeah. But you can go back and watch them now and you feel still feel that sense of like excitement. Yeah. And there's yeah. a whole system out there of different worlds and they all you feel like they're so rich and they have all this backstory and all of these things that it's not explicitly stated. Yeah. But it's just it all plays into yeah. the story and the world. Yeah. So it's pretty great. Yeah, it's a world building that you rarely see in film. Yeah. Yeah, what about you, Rob? Do you feel like you got the full experience watching it later in time? I do. I've been thinking about sort of my experience with things and entertainment at that age, and a lot of it kind of came down from my parents in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, they were, like, throwing various Disney things at the wall, and Robin Hood stuck for a while. Oh, and so good. Yeah. So great. Yeah. <laughs> I learned how to spell Robin Hood before I learned how to spell my name. <laughs> They're close, but <laughs> um, I got very into Robin Hood. <laughs> and uh, so that sort of was like the next thing after the, those Disney animated 
Mm-hmm. And and then uh, I think it was my first live action thing that I can remember really loving at yeah. least. Um, yeah. Came in before the Wizard of Oz. Um, but yeah, again, it's all none of it was sort of what was happening at the time in 1995, 1996. It was all like you know, these Disney movies that um, my parents had grown up on, or, <laughs> or it was uh, you know sort of older things like the Wizard of Oz or um, yeah. or Star Wars that had been around for a bit and like either a friend's parent had shown them it or or uncle or something so I, I wasn't like you know obviously no internet at the time so I wasn't scanning the newspapers for like the newest yeah. movie as, as a five year old it was um, sort of what the people around me were recommending mm-hmm. and you, like you said it's timeless it's classic like it's yeah no surprise yeah. <laughs> can I ask a question yeah because I I it seems as though maybe you and I are the only ones that saw it while others were in the theater. Yes, the, I would say you guys correct. didn't see any of the movies until after all three had been released. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's a very important part of Star Wars for me growing up in the '80s, and that's the merchandising. Mm-hmm. Did any oh, of yeah. you play with Star Wars toys? I did. Well, I know you did. <laughs> you still do. I still have them. I still, yeah, I was like, you still, still have them. But was that part of any of your experience as well? I with... had a stuffed um, Ewok. Ewok. Yeah. yeah, I'm jealous. I love the Ewoks. As I mentioned, I watched the Ewok, the Ewok movie. Movie. Yeah. more than I watched the actual Star Wars. So I yeah. did. I do remember having that, and it was okay. like my favorite. That toy. was it. Yeah. I didn't have any Nothing. Star Wars toys, but then again, in terms of like, I think my experience is a little bit more unique that way. Because in terms of quote-unquote branded toys, I had, like, a Transformer and then a bunch of little, like, crash cars from the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> and that was, like, it. Okay. I didn't have a lot of merchandise, like, yeah. tie-in kind of toys mm-hmm. growing up. Interesting. Yeah, because that definitely changes your experience. I my, mean, I, I played Star Wars. I was oh, yeah. in the playground. I mean, mm-hmm. I... I did for years because I mean mm-hmm. until Return of the, of the Jedi came out in what eighty two, eighty three, eighty three, three years apart. Okay, really? um, <laughs> <laughs> that was just funny. Like, <laughs> there's no way I could have seen yeah. any of them. In the I know that's the thing. Well, that's that's the why. Thing. That's yeah. why I, I wanted to know. My childhood is growing up there's is playing Star Wars. with Star Wars uh, toys. Yeah. It's you know yeah. I don't know I, the number of figures that I had. Yeah. My dad was also is also a big Star Wars fan, so. We had um, model kits. Yep. Um, we actually usually had two of each model kit because one would be kept wrapped and one would be <laughs> open so that it could be built. Um, but, you know, the Millennium Falcon toy and everything. Yeah. Uh, and that, I think, is what deepened my love for it was mm-hmm. because it wasn't just on a screen. It was something that I could tangibly hold. Ingrained, yeah. Um, I don't know how much of that I was like, it's so funny because when I was hanging out with my friends, and I don't know how much of this is because of the area that I lived in, like, we would be, like, on the moon of Endor and all of that stuff. Like, we just didn't have any of the toys to go with it. Yeah. But I did we that as well. Yeah, that was in addition. Oh, I definitely mm-hmm. played. Or like, or, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, I remember, you know. Yeah. My like, sister and I played Ninja we, Turtles. We just, oh, we, played, we played all of that stuff. <clears throat> we just didn't have any of the toys to go with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it was just another layer. 
Because yeah. I did the same thing. I we reenacted every single scene. I was every mm-hmm. single character. But then when I was by myself or with my friends, I'd play with the little action figures and set up my own little worlds. You know, it was. Yeah. But that definitely enhanced. See, that's my, what my husband's experience was because he and his cousin, their dad, the, the cousin's dad, was a Star Wars fan and mm-hmm. like ushered them in mm-hmm. and kind of like, kind of what sounds like your experience was like bought them to toys yeah. and. You know, took them to see it and yeah. all that stuff. And my dad just wasn't as into that kind of stuff. Yeah, he had a model train set, so we did that. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate that my dad loved mm-hmm. Star Wars. That's yeah. why yeah. I saw yeah. it so much, and that's why yeah. I got so much merchandise. I mean, so I mean, you're right. It just depends on mm-hmm. on your father. It's your parents who your parents yeah. who allow you, especially mm-hmm. when you're that young. They, you know, they're exposing you to certain things, and if they're nerdy and geeky, then they're going to enjoy this and they're going to want to pass it on to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm just glad it's stuck. I mean, yeah. you know, I couldn't imagine not being who I am now. I mean, look around my apartment. I know. <laughs> There's geeky things all over the place. You um, live in a, you live in a geek's paradise. Uh, definitely. You yes. have created a, a, like this is, yeah. you know, what I imagine like geek Eden looked like. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's a, here's a good topic. Star Wars has been described as a fantasy movie, mm-hmm. but it's also mm-hmm. been described as a science fiction movie. Yeah. What is your guys' opinion, Rob? Um, is it a little of both? I think yeah, I do think it's a little bit of both because it's like I've had like those books with the ships and like they have like things going to the parts. Like even if it's fictional science, like everything has like a reason. There's there's definitely a science basis to it but then you have things like the force and I personally don't love the whole midi chlorine yeah, thing I thought that kind of that's another episode we don't need to talk about it we don't need to talk about it exactly but um, you know, the, the force especially if we're talking just a new hope um, and what's in that movie um, the force is this mystical scientific Han Solo doesn't believe in it even yeah, it's right. uh, you know it's, it's called a religion a couple of times it's uh not so tangible not scientific and um so that definitely lends it an air of fantasy um and the structure of it i feel like is more like a fantasy thing since it's tied so much into mythology and mm-hmm. yeah um mm-hmm. those stories that came before it i guess leaning a little bit towards fantasy yeah but, I mean, I've always considered it science fiction just because it's in space. Right. And there's (laughs) spaceships. And there's... So, I mean, I've never really considered it, even as a kid, it was always a science fiction movie. I think it depends on what your definition of sci-fi and fantasy are. Exactly. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, see, for me, fantasy is whimsical. I think it's a sci-fantasy. Fairies. I I know. I completely agree with that. Yeah, it has elements of both. It has elements of both. But when I was growing up, I always thought of it as science fiction. Yeah. Um, And yes, it has... To me, it has, once again, it has fantasy elements to it, but it is, like, even if you discount, like, Montclorians and all of that, like, the way that I experienced the Force, and it might not be really supported in the movies (laughs) as much as I think it is, but the way I experienced the Force was, it was, like, kind of another sense that these people had. They Mm -hmm. were controlling things, but it was, it was more like a sixth sense rather Mm -hmm. than... A mystical, mystical force, yeah. like it wasn't like they were doing magic. It was 
that they had control over another force that we didn't have control over. Yeah, as yeah I definitely don't see the force as magic. Yeah, yeah. I never saw yeah. it as I've that never either. seen it as magic, yeah. which Mm-mm. definitely takes it out of the fantasy realm. I mean, if it was magic, then it would definitely be more fantasy. See, I like, feel that it is mystical, though. <sighs> Just looking at the history of Star Wars, there, there are too many mystical elements to it in the way that it was discovered and developed and um, just described in in the way that Obi-Wan describes it in mm-hmm. the first movie it's it's a very sort of mystical thing I don't I don't put magic on that but it's yeah. Rob had said you know the religious aspect of it it, it was a, a type of religion within um, within that universe but does that elevate, or not elevate, but does that bring it into the realm of fantasy for you? Well, I feel that it's definitely a combination of the two. Yeah. The issue that I have with trying to classify it as one or the other is how you view the two. A lot of people view sci-fi as, well, if it's in, I think you said it, it's in space, yeah. it's sci-fi. Or if there's lasers ships and, and lasers, yeah. because it is futuristic... But, but I suppose, it's not, though, because it happened a long, not. long time ago. See, that's the thing. The galaxy yeah, far, far away. Exactly, why which, is why, line, I think. which is why I love it. one of the reasons why I think it goes against the traditional view of sci-fi. And <laughs> it was in that very first sentence of, of the movie. It, it negates the, the idea of the what we think sci-fi is. Um, so for me, that's... And I feel like it's fantasy in space. That's how I view mm-hmm. it. I feel yeah. it is mm-hmm. yes, it has sci-fi elements. There's so you think it's ships. more fantasy than science fiction. I don't. Uh, I'm I not going like to say you can't put it in a box, <laughs> right? I need to know. <laughs> Star Wars transcends genre. Like correct answer. <laughs> Were you going to say Pooja? Do you remember? It was a while ago. Oh, I think what I was I was just going to ask, like, I mean, this idea of like yes, a long, long time ago, but in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, it's yeah. probably but, their future, or like, <laughs> and I and this is you know just that's confusing. <laughs> to me, it's interesting because then you have a series like Battlestar Galactica that arguably happened a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, yeah, and then yeah. ties into, but it, it depends on which version you're. I mean, talking spoilers about ahead. Yeah, well, it's yeah, but um, but that. Like the end of that series ties back into, into present day, into we're present right now. day You're right. Yeah. So does that make it not science fiction? Does that make it fantasy because it, it revealed itself to be about our origins, human history yeah. and origins, and it's it's that kind of story. And that you talk about how the force has this religious overtones and how much a religion played into the story in Battlestar. So. I guess I find that interesting, but it comes back to my definition of fantasy, which has a lot to do with magic. <laughs> right, no, I understand. I, um, I guess part of it is I don't... I don't care if it's fantasy or sci-fi. If I oh, enjoy this... If I enjoy the story... Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like putting a label of one or the other on it will limit people as well I, I don't like sci-fi so I'm not going to like that or mm. I don't like fantasy mm. so I'm not going to like that because uh, um, I have a friend who says well I don't like sci-fi yeah. but 
there are movies and books and, and whatnot that people classify as sci-fi that he says, oh, yeah, no, that's a great book. I love that book. But it's not because it's sci-fi. It's because the story is what is pulling yeah. him through it. And, yes, there might be um, lasers and spaceships and space and whatever. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's not. that's not what it's about, you know. Um, and that's that's the thing that I find most endearing about Star Wars. It's not getting into the script, <laughs> but the story yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it, it pulls... It's written to be, to sort of pull on all the heartstrings because it yeah. it pulls on archetypes that have been around for mm-hmm. centuries, for for millennia, mm-hmm. um, that we naturally go to as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting away from from this. That's fine. I will not say if it's sci-fi <laughs> or fantasy. All right, that's fine. That's fine. All right, real quick before we end the podcast, let's talk about the special edition of A New Hope. I've not seen it. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't okay. see the one after the prequels. I saw, so, going back to you, because there were two. There were two different kind of quote-unquote special editions. There was the one that they, when they re-released them all theatrically and added 10 to 20 minutes yes. to each movie. Mm-hmm. And then there were the post-prequel special editions, which are the ones you can get now. I don't even know if I've seen those ones. Uh, I'm sure I have, but I've what's seen the like, difference where they between them? Like, the, well, they the retconned one, stuff. They retconned stuff into the after the prequels. Like Han does like, shoot first or like something. Han shoots or, second. Or Anakin at the A- end. Anakin yeah. is. Yeah. I've seen that. Uh, Hayden yeah. Christensen is at the end yeah. of Return of the Jedi instead of the original Darth Vader. whose yeah. name I can't. Remember. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I feel really bad about that too because I looked it up before David this. Press. No, David Prowse played... The oh, you mean the guy in... Unmasked one. Yeah, the Unmasked one. I can't yeah. remember. Either. Yeah, he's... Yeah. But, um, so there were... Those are the ones that I major... That I remember specifically yeah. from post-prequel. So how do you feel about but the changes that they made? I loved... I watched all the specials going up to the changes mm-hmm. for from the theatrical release. Yeah. I watched all the specials on what they did and all the stuff. I was in love with it. I had no problems with any of the changes mm. that they made as a child. Okay. Having watched A New Hope so many times at that point, and then going to see it in the theater, I had no problems with any of the changes that they made yeah. to the theatrical release. Yeah. But I have to say, post the prequels, I refused to watch any of the changes that he made after those three movies. Okay. I feel like he lost all license to like retcon anything else into those yeah. movies. Okay. Well, you Rob? Yeah, actually, I realize I have seen some of them. It's it's been confusing for me to know what. Yeah. Because I I watched you know the I think it was the theatrical version like when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because um, you watched them in the nineties. So yeah. At that point, the they were, I, they were I, rem- I remember that they had like a special edition out. Um, yes. And um, the most recent time I watched it, it was uh, on May the fourth. We watched the we yeah, were able to find right. like the original mm-hmm. version. Yeah. Despecialized. Cheered. Despecialized, yeah. It was, it was special for us. <laughs> I do think I saw them because two years ago, as lead up to, I do a web series called The New Adventures of Peter and Wendy, which is modern Peter Pan. And our Peter Pan is a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. So on May the 4th, we actually did a, we watched all three all of them. them. And I'm, you probably I, watched they the must editions. have been the special editions, yeah. 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 It's hard to find them otherwise. So, yeah. yeah, so I've right. seen. The only way you can get them is if you have a VHS, yeah. VHS to DVD, or yeah. if you get the despecialized editions online. Yeah. yeah. 
and you download them. And so what did you think of the changes um, for just a new hope right now? That's what we're talking. About. <laughs> I feel like they, there, weren't, there weren't a lot of changes. It was more enhanced. Well, there was Java. They added the dobacks. Yeah, they added like the Java scene. I think the Java scene was a travesty. Okay. Yeah, it's awful. Um, I primarily because it the the way that they needed to fix Han walking around the human actor of Java by stepping over by having him step tail. on his tail. Yeah made the scene in my mind worthless because mm-hmm. I don't feel like Jabba would have ever let that happen to him without having him shot on sight yeah. and then just yeah. take his ship yeah. Yeah. because that it's unbelievably disrespectful yeah. and it added a really strange and misplaced sense of humor to the scene mm-hmm. um, I thought it was nice to see Biggs because mm-hmm. you hear so much about him I think it slowed down the pacing I could understand really? why it wasn't in there. Uh, I didn't have any problem with the scene um, or the way it was acted or anything yeah. like that. But uh, and that could be because I'd seen it, however many dozens of times yeah. without that scene in there, that it felt Slower. off kilter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, it actually there's one change that they did that I adored, and that was. Han chasing the stormtroopers, oh, and, be a and lot he comes more. around the corner, and it's a whole legion yeah. of stormtroopers <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of a dead end. Yeah, uh, that I that I absolutely love. That's the one thing in it that I yeah that I, I didn't love. mind all the enhancements. I mean, it was stupid that Greedo shot first. Yeah, um, and that just well it changes the character. It's it changes it Han Solo. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. We won't discuss that. Cool. We'll just, and we don't have time to talk. About okay, that. yeah. that's that's all. That's all. I know. <laughs> but, I, but, no, but I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed all the changes. I mean, especially for a new hope. I didn't think it changed the story much. Uh, the pacing I felt was fine. It was cool to see Biggs. I loved all the enhanced special effects. The explosion of the Death Star at the end mm-hmm. has that extra kick, which was cool. Um, yeah, I, I I don't mind. I mean, I would love to. Just for nostalgia reasons, to go back and watch the original Star Wars that I saw when I was six years old mm-hmm. in the theater with just Star Wars, no numbers, no name, no nothing. Uh, I don't even know if a print of that exists. It has to somewhere. I'm assuming it. There yeah. is, I'm sure, no. a VHS somewhere. Well, well there are VHS. You could watch well, a VHS film, version, yeah. but as far as a print. original print of it. Well, no, I don't mean a print. I just mean a copy of it somewhere where you can see it still. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, there's one interesting thing I want to say uh, just about the special editions in general, uh, and I might have some of the story wrong, but because of for New Hope especially because of the um, implication it had on movie making, mm-hmm. the Smithsonian wanted a, a copy of the original print to keep. Yeah, and uh, so they requested it from George Lucas. Uh-huh. And he sent them a copy of the special edition. Yeah. <laughs> and they sent it back to him because it wasn't what they requested. What they requested, but it also, yes, I agree that a lot of the special effects looked great, but one of the things about that movie is it was so influential because yes. of those original special yeah, effects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in a way, by changing those, you're negating the yes. history that the movie set. Yeah, um, I mean it's. I really agree with your point there that it's from like a film studies perspective yeah. that 
the not being able to go back and look at what influenced modern movie making so heavily because because now if you watch the special edition it's not what influenced mm-hmm. right this isn't the editions that you see now the star wars that you see now from a technical perspective are not what changed american filmmaking yeah and it is to me inarguable that star wars and new hope changed american filmmaking yep yeah and, you're right you know how people viewed genre yeah fiction. yeah yep sure all right, well, I think that's going to do it. We could probably go on and on about Star Wars and New Hope, but uh, I will cut us off here. I want to thank my co-host. I want to thank Rob. If people want to find you online, where can they find you? My Twitter's uh, at RobArthAngiv. Cool. Pooja? You can find me on Twitter at L-A Daisy Girl. That's L-A-D-E-S-I Girl. Cool. Jenny? Uh, I am on all social media as my name, Jenny Powell. I keep it with simple. An with an eye. That's the only <laughs> trick. <laughs> um, but if you get that right, you can find me. Pretty easy. How about you, John? I uh, can be found on the social platforms at John T. M. Higgins. It's J-O-H-N-T-M-H-I-G-G-I-N-S. Cool. And I can be found anywhere on social media at Geeky Fanboy. Uh, thanks again, guys, for joining me. It was a lot of fun, and we will talk to you later. Thanks, Kenny. Thank Thanks, you. Kenny. So that's going to do it for the Geek Roundtable. If you'd like to drop us a line, or if you want to suggest topics for future podcasts, you can email us at thegeekroundtable at gmail.com. We're also on social media. We have a Twitter account. You can follow us at geek underscore roundtable. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash thegeekroundtable. And of course, you can find the latest podcast and information on our hosts at our main website, which is www.thegeekroundtable.com. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the Newcomers Podcast on iTunes, Or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. The Geek Roundtable Podcast is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved.